Blog Talk Radio. The Four Persons Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity. Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law. Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action. Please go to our website at thefourpersons.com or our blog site at thefourpersons.net to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, send us an email at email at thefourpersons.com. to Lisa Marie Nicole's Rocking for God show on the Four Persons Network. Lisa is an award-winning Catholic contemporary recording artist. Her music can be found at lisamarienicole.com. Her aim is to spread the joy and mission of Christian music and spotlight others who do the same. To call into tonight's show, the number is 515-602-9655. That number, again, is 515 515- Six zero two nine six five five. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lisa. gentlemen this is john benko the director of the four persons and we i have to interrupt the show we have breaking news a devastating 7.7 earthquake has hit the southern part of the philippines and urgent tsunami warnings have been issued and this uh tragedy is affecting family members of some of the members of the four persons so we urgently ask for your prayers it looks like a pretty dire situation. So uh, we ask for your prayers, and I now turn the uh, the show over to Lisa. Wow, thanks, John. We're definitely going to keep everyone over there in the Philippines in our prayers. Uh, hello, everyone. You're listening to the Rocker for God show, and I'm Lisa Marie Nicole. I hope everyone's having a blessed day. As we enter the first weekend of Advent, Let us prepare our hearts to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The psalm for today's show is Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I have a special guest with me tonight. He is a world-renowned Catholic author and speaker, and he also has a new book out that he will discuss. Please welcome John Martelloni. Hi, John. Hey, it's Marie. How you doing? Good. Nice to talk to you. Finally. It's good to talk to you as well. I appreciate the invite onto your show. No problem. I've been loving, waiting to talk to you. 
Okay. How's everything going? You having a good weekend? Uh, well, I'm having a good weekend because uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide is currently beating Georgia in the championship <laughs> game by 10 points. <laughs> oh, so. I guess. If, that's if that good holds for you, up, it'll be a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's good for you, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Being an Alabama boy and an Alabama graduate, then uh, I'm roll tide all the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, for those for those listening that do not know who you are, can you please give us a little bit about your background? Well, I am. Uh, Right. Currently, I am the director of evangelization for the Catholic Diocese of Birmingham here in Alabama, and I also run a little apostolate or, or some would call a, a mission or, or a, a ministry on the side called the Bible Christian Society. I'm the president and founder. I've, I've uh, been the president and founder of Catholic Radio that I brought to Birmingham. Uh, just been involved with evangelization and apologetics, which is apologetics is all about ex- explaining and defending uh, the Catholic faith as a Catholic apologist. Uh, but born and raised Catholic, uh, never really learned my faith growing up and left the church when I went off to college and was out for 13 years and uh, working in the world and living what I call a thoroughly heathen lifestyle. And uh <laughs> Ended up coming back through a series of coincidences in my life, and uh, uh, when I got back, I started learning my faith for the first time, and uh, and I said, got to where where I am. I, my my background, educational background, is finance, and my jobs have been in banking, investments department. I worked for a, a defense contractor doing a, a financial analysis on budgets that were in the tens of billions of dollars. Wow! But uh, but now I'm just uh, evangelizing, teaching people about the Catholic faith, teaching Catholics and non-Catholics alike about the Catholic faith. It's, it's what I do. It's what I live, breathe, eat, and sleep. <laughs> yes, you do, and you're very good at it because uh, we've, we used your CDs for our Bible study, and we absolutely love it. Um, my husband well, and I. thank you. Yeah, we, we love your apologetics uh, CDs that you have. Um, when I know you have you started the you're the founder of the Queen of Heaven radio station. Uh, when did Correct. you start that, and what motivated you to start a Catholic radio station? Well, what happened? The way I got into doing apologetics uh, publicly is um, I started with a Catholic apologetics program, a live one hour a week call in show talking about the Catholic faith on the largest evangelical radio station in the state of Alabama. Wow. And and it just uh um people started tuning in in Birmingham it made a huge impact in Birmingham, both in the Catholic and non Catholic communities and people started wanting more Catholic radio. And so I started to look around and this was the the late nineties and at the time EWTN had maybe Seven or eight affiliate AM and FM stations. EWTN radio started off mm-hmm. as just solely shortwave, um, but by the late '90s, they had seven or eight, I think, three, five or six AM and maybe one or two FM stations as affiliates. And I started calling around. I talked to one of the AM affiliates and said, "How do we get Catholic radio in Birmingham?" And they said, "We'll help you." So I helped bring – at first it was Queen of Peace Radio, and I worked with them for a couple – for two, three years, and then we, we parted ways, and uh, 
couple years after I left as their general manager, the radio station went under. And people wow. started calling me because they associated me with the radio station. They all started calling me and saying, hey, um, how do we get radio back? So I started a nonprofit called Queen of Heaven Radio. And um, just we bought a radio station, and I ran it for 10 years, 10 years, something like that. And then, um, you know, I was – I had so many things going on that I sold the station to another Catholic outfit for a dollar, and <laughs> it's still it's still running as, as uh, Catholic radio here in Birmingham. What what kind of music did you play on it? Did you play music, or it was just like no? It was oh. it was all talk. It was all EWTN programming. Oh, okay. So the, yeah, the only music we would have had would have been like bumper music for a program here or there. Okay, uh, Alabama's got a big. Uh, I know EWTN, but Alabama's got a big Catholic area, don't? Aren't they big Catholic state? No, actually, it's not. We're only about three to four percent Catholic here. We have pockets that are very like Mobile, the southern city, which is uh, French in origin. Yeah, they've got a decent Catholic community. Birmingham has a decent Catholic community because there were a lot of uh, Italian and Lebanese immigrants that moved to Birmingham. Uh, and then Huntsville in the north where I was born, um, they've got a decent-sized Catholic community, but they Huntsville is where the, the space program was born. So mm-hmm. they've got NASA, they've got defense industry, and they've brought in a lot of people from the Midwest and Northeast. So you got a lot of transplanted people from Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, and a lot of those folks are Catholics. But, but the rest of the state, it's uh, – you could drive a couple hundred miles and not run into a Catholic. Wow. Yeah, Alabama's a beautiful state. Uh, who knows? I might wind up there one day. You never know. <laughs> yeah, but, well, uh, we'd love to have you. Thanks. Uh, you're Italian, aren't you? Half Italian and half Polish. Wow, really? That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's my mom and dad met in the Chicago area, where obviously a big Italian community and a big Polish community. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow, that's great. That's a good combination. My husband, yes, and I, I think Polish. so. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, how you've been? A, are you you've been a Catholic your whole life, right? Are you been a Catholic your whole life? Yeah, born and raised. Born like and I raised. said, I was out of the church for thirteen years, just living a hedonistic, heathen lifestyle, um, and but then came back in the. Right around ninety ninety one, came back into the church. That's great. Um, thank God you did. That's a blessing that you did. Well, it's it's been uh, a blessing to being in the church. Is just uh, being outside of the church. I had everything that the world tells you you need to have mm-hmm. in order to be happy and successful. You know, money. Uh, like job, I was climbing the ladder at work, partying, you know, right and let my. For me, the weekend kind of started Wednesday night with happy hour, you know. <laughs> yep. uh, and and I was just a party animal and uh, had everything that the world says this is what you do to be happy. And I realized none of this stuff is making me happy. And and I realized there's this hole inside of me, and I didn't realize well it's it's I'm missing out on God. I didn't realize it at the time, but eventually that that's what hit me is that I need to get back to the church. And since I've done that, it, you know, true happiness um, is it, just been an absolute blessing for me, for my family. And you've been a blessing to everyone else. 
out to also. Well, thank you. You're very kind. And, well, it's, I mean, a lot of people in the world, I think, have the same problem. You know, a lot of people have fallen away from the church, and that's what it is. You're, you don't realize, you know, <laughs> you're missing that. You need God in your life. And I know that happened to me also. And, and you know, once you get back into the church and you realize that you're, you know, you know that this is what I need and what did I, what was I missing? You know what you were missing. Yeah. And it's great. Can you tell, you want to tell us a little bit about your Bible Christian Society? You want to talk about that? Sure. And that's, uh, if you don't mind my injecting a little rock and roll here. Sure. Um, I, when I was work, I had been working for a bank and I came you know, I was I was just back into the church for a couple of years, and I and I went from the banking industry to working for a nonprofit uh, here in Birmingham called the Be an Apostle of Christ Foundation. It was a, a non they, they worked with the poor. It was a Salesian ministry, uh-huh. and so one day I was going from my office to um, the post office, which was maybe a three minute drive, four minutes at most. And at that time, that was when I was learning my faith. I was just soaking up. I was listening to all these Scott Hahn cassette tapes, okay, because <laughs> all the talks were on cassette tape. This is, this is mid-90s. And going from the office to the post office, I thought, you know, four minutes, I can't really get anything out of Scott Hahn in four minutes, okay? Yeah. It just, he, he goes way deep, and you have to really think about it. So I said, I'm just going to listen to one good song on the radio. And... I had five songs, pro, uh, five stations programmed in on my car radio. Well, I'm in, musically speaking, I'm a child of the '60s and '70s, rock and roll. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just uh, Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, the oh, Grassroots, yeah. Three Dog Night, all these folks, um, Cream, all these people. So I thought I'm just going to listen to one good song. So I tuned in. I clicked all the five stations that I had pre-programmed in my radio. To find one good rock and roll song, they were all commercials, or, or, or had talk talk programs on. So I was like, "Oh man, I just want to hear one good song." So I thought to myself, "I said, you know, Christian music is getting better. You know, in the mid '90s, it was, there was some good Christian music, but it wasn't anywhere near what it is today. And so there's this station, this evangelical station that I knew they played music a lot of the time." So I literally, you know, you had to turn the dial on your radio tune in to this station. Well, I tune into the station, and it's somebody talking. So I just said, oh, you know, I was like, okay, I'm not going to get to hear a song. So I just kind of ignored it, and I pulled into the post office, put the car in park. Literally, he says, I was turning the key in the ignition. I heard the phrase, Whore of Babylon come from the radio. Uh, like, Whore of Babylon, click. Okay, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute, because I'd been studying enough Scott Hahn that I knew that coming from this this evangelical station, I knew who they were referring to. That's right. And I turned it back on real quick, and sure enough, who is the Whore of Babylon from Revelation 17? Well, it's a city with... Seven Hills, what major city has seven hills as the home of a major world religion? Rome, Rome. The Roman Catholic Church is, and this is the exact quote, is the political and religious system that the Antichrist will use to take over the world. 
I was like, oh, man. So I called to complain. One thing led to another, and that's how I ended up getting a Catholic program on evangelical radio. Not just any evangelical radio, but again, the largest station, largest evangelical station in the state of Alabama. But it's all because I wanted to hear a rock and roll song. <laughs> you know, if I if I hadn't wanted to hear a rock and roll song, I wouldn't be talking to you right now because my life would have gone down a whole nother path. You so, know? You're, so you're saying that God led you to listen to a rock and roll song? God led me to God gave me the the appreciation of 60s and 70s rock and roll music and that led me to wanting to hear the song and since there wasn't a song on there I ended up hearing this anti-catholic program on evangelical radio that caused me that it just got under my skin and caused me to call them and complain and like I said one one thing led to another and several months later I had a catholic show on the radio and once that happened, all of a sudden, people start wanting me to come talk at their church, talk at their Knights of Columbus group. They wanted to get copies of my talks after I started talking at the churches. All this, it all, all because I couldn't hear the rock and roll song that I wanted to hear. Wow, that's funny how things work, right? Yes, it is. Yes, well, it is. I'm going to let you listen to one of my songs after the next question because I'm a I'm a sure. Catholic, but I I do Catholic rock. <laughs> That's the way to put it because I grew up in the '80s, so I I like I love '80s music. So my my song I'm going to play is an '80s rock song. And, um, oh, awesome! And uh, that's what I that's what I write. Most of my stuff is uh, '80s. But um, I want to ask you. I want you to get a chance to talk about your new book that you just released. Sure, I appreciate that. Yes, the new book is a follow-up uh, on my first book. Uh, it, the, the new book is called uh, A Blue-Collar Answer to Protestantism. Mm -hmm. And it's all about – what it's about is trying to, number one, teach Catholics and Protestants about what the Catholic Church does teach – but number two, trying to get Protestants to do what Protestants always do to Catholics. Protestants are always asking Catholics, where in the Bible is this? Where in the Bible is, is Mary? Where in the Bible is, is the, uh, you know, Mary's Assumption or the Immaculate Conception or anything like that? So they're always asking these questions, where in the Bible? So the subtitle of this book is called Catholic Questions Protestants Can't Answer. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And – it's designed not not as a like gotcha type thing or anything like that, but hey, I want to ask you, Mr. Baptist, Evangelical, Lutheran, whoever, I want to ask you some questions about the Bible and about your doctrines and dogmas and make you think about what you believe and why you believe it, just like Protestants make Catholics think about what we believe and why we believe it, which – all the way around, I think it's a good thing to better understand your faith and to better know why you believe what you believe. Yeah, that sounds great. That's great. I I, I know all of your stuff is great, and I really think that um, that would help a lot of people, especially Catholics that don't know their own faith. Yes, and, and the the hook I use with Catholics 
Because Catholics, I, so many times, Lisa, I have Catholics come to me saying, you know, I've got a, a Baptist brother-in-law. And every Thanksgiving he comes, the family gets together, and he starts asking me questions about Mary or about uh, works or, or tradition or, you know, why do Catholics do this? Why do Catholics do And I don't know how to answer him. Can you help me? Well, that's what this book will do. It will help the Catholics not only answer those questions that Catholics get, but then to turn it around. And, you know, I always say, hey, if you're going to ask me a question, then I have the right to ask you a question. And so it helps Catholics learn how to answer the questions that we get, which are legitimate questions. You know, I'm not saying nobody shouldn't ask Catholics questions, if any, anything wrong with that. But then it helps the Catholic turn it around and say, all right, I answered your question. Now I've got a question or two for you. You know, why do, why do Baptists do this? Why do non-denominational folks do this? Why do Lutherans do that? And where in the Bible is this? And where in the Bible is that? So that's, that's what that's all about. It's helping to strengthen Catholics' faith and helping Catholics better learn how to share, explain, and defend their faith. That sounds great. That's, that's great. I know that's going to be really good out there. And even the Protestants, if they want to get it and they want to read about it, you know, they can understand the Catholic faith more by what you're what you're talking about, how you're explaining yeah, it. But, yeah, and I I tell them I say, look, I said I've got the the second half of the book. The first half of the book is called Problems with Protestantism, and I look at Protestantism from what I call a macro point of view, where I'm I'm looking at the forest instead of the trees. The second half is called. Uh, questions Protestants can't answer, and there are 30 questions in there that are based on the Bible and or common sense, and it's, you know, it's like, hey, Mr. – again, Mr. Baptist, Mr. Fundamentalist, Mr. Evangelical or Miss Evangelical, answer these questions. How do you answer these questions? I'm saying you can't answer these questions. Prove me wrong. You know, and let's have a dialogue, mm-hmm. an adult, mature, Christian dialogue in search of the ultimate goal here is not, again, oh, Catholic is right, evangelical is wrong or anything like that, or I'm right, you're wrong. The goal is what is the truth? Mm-hmm. What is the truth that is taught by Jesus Christ and his church? What is the truth that is taught by the Bible? Let's discuss these questions and see if we can't come to, a, at, at the very minimum, a better understanding of one another. Yeah, that's, that sounds great, and I think it's, it's, I think it's going to be great for everyone. Um, I'm going to play a song right now, and then when we come back from the song, I have a question for you from someone. Um, this is What Would Jesus Do? This is my 80s rock song. Okay, good.
come back. That was awesome. What would yeah. Jesus do? He yeah. will get me through. That's awesome. <laughs> Good beat to it, too. Thank Good you. Beat. If, if you'd like, I'll send you some of my CDs. I don't think you have any of them, so I'll send no, you a couple. No, I don't. Please okay. do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when we're done, just uh, just email me your address, and I'll send them to you. Um, I'll do I'm, it. I want to ask you real quick, where can everybody find your book? They can find the book at EWTN's Religious Catalog website, which is E-W-T-N-R-C for Religious Catalog, EWTNRC.com. Just type in blue collar and it'll pop up. Okay. All right, because I'm going to put that I'm going to put that on the post also on my, on my page. So if anybody Excellent. wants to. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I have a question from my husband. He wants me to ask this for you. Um, okay. He, uh, we're big fans of yours because, I, like I said, we we used your studies for in our Bible study. So he wants to ask you, um, as Catholics, what is the importance of attending the Mass each Sunday, not just on Christmas and Easter? And how does the liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist in the Mass make us participants in the work of God with our high priest and redeemer, Jesus Christ, as part of his church? That's a well, long question. <laughs> it, it, tell him I don't answer such easy questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, he has faith in you. He knows you can answer these. <laughs> well, first of all, in, in, in regards to going to Mass, not just at Christmas and Easter, um, for us as Catholics— uh, you know, the the commandment, keep holy the Sabbath. For us in the New Testament, the, the church, by the authority of Jesus Christ, has, has essentially made the Lord's Day, Sunday, the day of the resurrection, the day that, that life began again, that death was conquered, the, the Lord's Day, has made that the Christian Sabbath, if you will. And so keep holy the Sabbath. The Jews, they went to Sabbath services every Saturday. Jesus went to service, religious service, for the Jews every Saturday. So if Jesus – I mean, and not just you know the three years that he was preaching and teaching, but all 33 years of his life. So if Jesus can do it – who are we to say, nah, I don't need to do that? Who are we to say, nah, I don't need to keep holy the Lord's Day in that way? And, but then also in, in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Mm-hmm. Well, how are you going to stir up one another, uh, your fellow Christians, to love and good works if you're not – Around your fellow Christians, you know, at Mass. And then it goes on to say, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near, the day of of the Lord. But so it says, not neglecting to meet together. He's he's talking about the Mass, you know. So Scripture tells you in the Testament, in Hebrews 10, don't. Not go to mass. You know, you have to go to mass. You have, if for no other reason than to honor the Lord. And 
again, if you're, you know, not in serious sin, to receive Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. And so, you know, the, the question about the, the liturgy of the word, which um, for anyone who's not Catholic who might be listening, that's a, basically the first half of the Mass. Then the liturgy of the Eucharist, the second half of the Mass, those correspond to the liturgy of the word corresponds very well to the Jewish religious service, you know, and, and the, the liturgy of the Eucharist corresponds we see it as as a fulfillment in many ways of the passover supper and you know when uh, the children of israel were passed over because the lamb had been slaughtered and his blood had been spilled just as jesus the innocent lamb was slaughtered and his blood was spilled for the forgiveness of our sins and so in a sense we are passed over but it's at the eucharist that we get to receive all the graces that Jesus earned for us with his death and resurrection. So um, I don't know if that was good enough for your husband, because he sounds like a pretty savvy theological kind of guy, <laughs> but, but that, that's my answer to that. Yeah, he, stud- he does a lot of studying, He's, uh, and uh, I knew he was going to come up with something like that. He did the same thing to Deacon Harold. <laughs> he asked him a deep question. But uh, I'm sure that that's a uh, that's a good answer for him. I'll let, I'll let talk to him later about it. But um, we're good. Do do you do any speaking engagements? And if they are, are they in within the United States, or do you do things anything overseas? Or well, I have um, yes, I do speaking engagements mostly within the United States. I have done one before in Canada. But and but I've had to pass up a lot of opportunities early on. I, I had invitations to the Philippines, to South Africa, wow. to West Africa, um, where else? To Japan, um, and I just I had four young children. And when you're talking about a trip like that, you're talking a minimum of being gone from home for two weeks or so. And with I, I tell people if I had left my wife with four small children at home by herself <laughs> for two weeks, I would have come home and, and she would have been kind of like, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson in that movie. <laughs> you know, like, Johnny's her, you know, and with that butcher Here's knife or Johnny. something. Here's Johnny. That's right. You know, wait, waiting for me at the door, you know, with a crazed look <laughs> in her eyes, like, Ooh, I'm going to hurt you. So, uh, so yeah, so I had to pass up those, but I do, I've been to, um, I don't know, probably about 40 of the 50 states, uh, you know, wow. COVID, COVID put a, a big crimp in traveling and, and speaking engagements yeah. and such. So I, I haven't really done as much since as I did before, but it is actually starting to pick up a little bit and I'm, I'm doing a little bit more and it's, you know, great if, if people want me to come and talk and great if they don't, because uh, I'm I'm more of a homebody than anything, but and I'm not big on air travel. But uh, once I get to where I'm going, I really enjoy myself and I enjoy the people and I enjoy talking to folks and helping them learn their faith. So, so the answer is yes, I do travel mostly in the United States. Um, and uh, um, if anybody's interested, all they have to do is get to my website, BibleChristianSociety.com. And there's a contact us page on there. They can 
inquire as to what it would take to get me there. Yeah, we'll definitely post your links also for you. Um, I wanted to ask you this before. I forgot to ask you. Are you a musician or have you ever been one? Do you play an instrument or anything? Um, I can play Silent Night left-handed on the piano. <laughs> <clears throat> so it's G-A-G-E, G-A-G-E. Yep. D D E. So um, I learned that. I don't know why as a child, but no, God basically gave me no musical ability whatsoever, either playing an instrument or and or singing. However, God did give me the ability to dance. So wow. I, I actually won a disco contest at a nightclub uh, back in the, what was that? 84, 85, mid 80s. Yeah. Uh, so, so I can dance. And I love music. God, I tell people God gave me the gift of musical appreciation. <laughs> he did not give me any musical ability. Well, well you owned a radio station. That's close enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You owned a station. But that's great. You could dance. I never knew that about you. Well, most people don't. It, it's it's not something that comes up quite often when you're giving apologetics talks. Hey, I want a yeah. disco dance contest. <laughs> so yeah, you need right. to listen to what I'm saying here because I'm a disco champion. <laughs> or you could go out in in the middle of the crowd and start dancing and you could talk yeah. to them while you're dancing, Just you know? <laughs> break, break it down right there. Let's go. Let's rock and roll, people. <laughs> um. What? Uh, let me see some. I know you answered this question before, but um, I think you answered this. Do you know what time in your life you wanted to get into apologetics? Well, the honest answer is never. I tell <laughs> people I got I got dragged into this kicking and screaming. Um, you know, again, it, it all goes back to the, the aforementioned uh, uh, Catholic apologetics program on evangelical radio. Mm-hmm. I the, the whole process for how that happened was I first wrote – I first called the radio station to complain, and they basically ignored me. So I wrote them a letter, and this is where the Bible Christian Society came from because I wrote them a letter – and I, I, you know, I said talking about the anti-Catholic bigotry they were airing on their station, and why are they allowing that as Christians, and so forth and so on. And I signed it, John Martinelli. And just as I'm folding it up to put it in the envelope to mail, I like, you know, these people don't care who John Martinelli is. <laughs> so I made up this organization called the Bible Christian Society, something that I thought would get their name, their their attention as evangelicals. And I made myself president. So I signed the letter, John Martinoni, President Bible Christian Society, and I sent the letter. So that's how the Bible Christian Society was born. Well, they ignored the letter, and no response. So two weeks go by, and I haven't heard from them, but I've been telling all my friends what I did because I, I was kind of like patting myself on the back. you know. I was thinking, I've struck a blow for the church, you know. Yeah. and uh, and everybody's going, well, I want to join. I was like, join what? The Bible Christian Society. I'm like, it doesn't exist. I just made it up out of thin air. They're, well, we want to join. And so then I wrote the station a second letter, and I said, we in the Bible Christian Society are going to uh, boycott your sponsors. We're going to write the, the, the FCC letters about your anti-Catholic bigotry, and we're going to physically picket your station and notify all the local TV, radio, and newspapers. 
Wow. Well, what I wanted from that, I didn't want a show. I wanted to literally picket the station. I wanted them to ignore me again. I wanted to get a group of people and picket the station, have the newspaper take my picture, and put a picture in the paper, Catholics uh, picketing evangelical radio station, so that I could send the picture to my mom and say, look, mom, your boy made it to the newspapers. (laughs) Your boy got a picture. He's got his picture in the newspaper. That was the extent of my thinking. But they ended up saying, okay, well, you're, you're protesting this. Well, why don't we have you come on our, our afternoon talk show, which was live, and I did. And after that, I had a guy locally who's Catholic. Um, his family owned a chain of supermarkets, and he called me and said, if you'll do a show like that, uh, I'll buy the airtime. And wow. I, I said no. I told him no. I said that was the only time I've ever done radio. I'm still just learning my faith. I, you know, I said no, not going to do it. He said, just pray about it. I said no, I'm not even going to pray about it. I said this is so ridiculous. I'm not even going to pray about it. I told him, I said if God wants me to do this show, He's going to have to show me. Well, over the next few months, some really weird things happened. <laughs> I was like. Okay, God, I guess you're trying to show me to do this show. And, uh, I mean, all these things that should not have happened happened, and the stars aligned perfectly. And like I said, I wound up with doing a one-hour call-in show every Sunday night from 6 to 7 o'clock on a 100,000-watt FM evangelical radio station. It was, it was mind-boggling. That's great. That must have been some experience. It was. Very first call I got, the very first show I did, I still remember it. It was called, the title of the show was Catholics or Christians too. And I just went through, I said, Catholics believe in the Trinity. We believe that Jesus, true God and true man. He was born of a virgin. He died on the cross for our sins. He was resurrected. I said, the Bible is the inerrant, uh, inspired word of God. It said, I said, where we differ with not all, but a lot of Protestants is Salvation. A lot of Protestants believe salvation is a one-time event. You know, mm-hmm. I accept Jesus into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior, and that's it. I'm saying Catholics believe it's a lifelong process. And I quoted uh, scripture verses from three different pa- of letters of Paul, where in one he said, I was saved. In another he says, I'm being saved. In another he says, I will be saved if I persevere to the end. I said, that's process, folks. First call comes in. The guy's name was Brian. I'll never forget. I go, let's go to Brian on line one. Brian is screaming at the top of his lungs. Wow. You are an abomination. What is a Catholic doing on a Christian radio station? I'm like, okay. And, I, and, and literally, the thought that went through my head was, let's rock and roll. <laughs> so uh, that, you know, and from there is just. It, things were crazy. I mean, that whole year, it was, it was just crazy. But it, it forced me to better learn my faith. What I would do is go to Mass Saturday night and then spend all day studying a particular topic. And like I, one week it would be Mary, the next the Pope, the next Purgatory, the next uh, the Eucharist, whatever. And I wouldn't allow questions off topic. So that's how I controlled the show, and that's how I was able to handle it, even though I was – Still very young 
in, in terms of learning my faith. That's great. That's a great experience. Do you have any people that helped you, that influenced you along the way to help you with your faith? Well, I tell I told Scott Hahn one time, first time I met him, my wife used to work at EWTN, and she used to do be the floor director for one of Mother Angelica's shows. Wow. Mother Angelica had, had two live shows each week, and the one she did, I think it was Tuesday night, she did uh, just her, just her, and that's the one that's the show my fly, wife would floor direct. So my wife would be by, behind the camera signaling mother, okay, you've got two minutes to the break, 30 seconds to the break, we're coming back from the break, et cetera. So um, uh, one time Scott Hahn comes in because this is when he was first getting big. This is 96, 95, 96. Oh, uh, yeah. And he's on, on her show. So I was there because I would go to all the shows that my wife was floor directing, and I met him. I said, I said, I don't know how many rooms you have in your house, but I've paid for at least one of them. <laughs> and he and he looked at me like, who is this crazy person? <laughs> you know? I said, I said, I bought so much of your stuff that he goes, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> like, so Scott Hahn was my mentor from afar, if you will. And then once I learned, you know listened to a lot of his stuff I I'd get into some Carl Keating or some other folks but one other thing that really helped me is I got hooked up with this Catholic bookseller who would go around the country and as a, as a Catholic school would close or a monastery would close or something he'd buy the whole library wow. well, there are books in these libraries from the 1800s from the early 1900s that were just solid chock full of Catholic apologetics and evangelization materials and learning about the Catholic faith. So I started reading the books, started again, I mean, I kept listening to Scott Hahn, started re- then the catechism came out and I read that. And I started studying the scriptures and just kind of, you know, other, other than the Scott Hahn tapes, it was really just a self-learning uh, exercise. That's great. That's a, yeah, Scott's a great guy. That's, yeah. Um, I have. Let me see. All right. Here's a question for you. <laughs> this is gonna. We're coming, getting a little bit close to the end, so I got a couple more for you. Um, okay. For those who are not Catholic that are interested in the faith, that are becoming Catholic, that want to become Catholic, what are some things that you could tell them to get them excited about Catholicism? Well, what I ask people. And, and this is, I ask Catholic, non-Catholic alike, I ask people, I said, how long ago did Jesus live? And everybody says, you know, 2,000 years ago. So, right. I said, well, and did he, did he start a church? And we're like, well, yeah, he started a church. You know, you go to Matthew 16, upon this rock, I will build my church. Or Matthew 18, where if, if you go to somebody and somebody's done something against you, you go to them. If they don't listen to you, you take a couple witnesses. They don't listen to you, you take it to the church, Jesus' church. So then I, the third question is, okay, Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. He started a church. How old should the church Jesus started be? <laughs> and people go, well, 2,000 years like yeah and i'll say well okay how old is the lutheran church and, and i'm not trying to pick on anybody here but just yeah. historical fact how old is the lutheran church well it was started by martin luther when did he live in the 1500s okay well is that the church started by jesus in israel 2000 years ago no 
What about the Presbyterian churches? Well, they're basically, you know, trace their founding back to John Calvin for the most part. He lived in the 1500s. What about the Methodist church? Well, no, they're a break off from the Anglican church in the, what, 1700s. Well, what about the Anglican church? No, that's King Henry VIII, the 1500s. You can't find a Protestant Christian church before 15, what, 17, 1520 when Martin Luther. And so I tell him, I say, the Catholic Church is the original. It's like, come home, come back Mm -hmm. to the original, you know, the one that was started by Jesus and guided by the Holy Spirit. And And I tell him, I said, look, just take a look at the claims the Catholic Church makes, you know. Don't just say, oh, okay, I'm coming in. Just take a look at the claims the Catholic Church makes. And don't don't read anti-Catholic material to learn about the Catholic Church because there's so much false information out there about the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. You know, that we worship Mary or we re-sacrifice Jesus at every every mass and, and think and we believe we can work our way into heaven. Oh, no, no, no. Read Catholic sources to study about the Catholic Church and then make an informed decision. But again, I look at the Catholic Church, um, you know, in, in, in is it Ephesians? I kind of, it's Saturday night and I'm kind of, my mind is, is, I try to turn my mind off for the most part on the weekends. But uh, um, there's a passage in Scripture where you know the church well actually more than one the church is referred to as the body of christ Mm -hmm. and then in john one and it's referred to not just as the body of christ but the fullness of jesus okay the fullness yeah that's an important word then you go to john one verse 16 and it says and from his fullness Jesus' fullness have we all received grace upon grace. Well, what did the Bible say the fullness of Jesus Christ was? The church. It says from his fullness, so from the church, we receive grace upon grace. And I ask people, does your church claim that about itself? Many, many Protestant churches don't say, oh, you receive grace through the church. They say you receive grace through the Bible or, uh-huh. or you know, by praying to Jesus. Or, no, no. I mean, and, and I'm not saying you don't receive grace through us, but the Bible itself tells us we receive grace upon grace from the fullness of Jesus and that the church is the fullness of Jesus. So it's like come home to the fullness of Jesus. And, and, and you know, John, what, 15 says that uh, Jesus is – or John 14, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So the church has the fullness of the truth that Jesus Christ gave us in order for us to be saved, in order for us to spend eternity in heaven with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So come and take a look at this church, take a good look at its claims, and then make a decision. And I think anybody who does that will be truly excited because God put a desire for truth in the hearts of all human beings. And if the Catholic Church is indeed the fullness of the truth, as Catholics claim it is, then you're going to be – if you're open and honest, you are going to be drawn closer and closer and maybe even into the Catholic Church. 
And also, wouldn't you recommend them to read, read the catechism also? Absolutely. And I always tell people, I said, you know, when you read the catechism, make sure you've got your Bible right there. And, and I, tell, I said, when you read the Bible, make sure you've got the catechism right there. Because basically the catechism, you know, I've had uh, people, Baptist brothers or sisters say, you know, you go by the catechism, we go by the Bible. I said, no, 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 no. Yeah, thanks. I said, I said, have you ever looked at the catechism? said, in the back, there is a 32-page index of scripture references. Almost every paragraph of the catechism has a reference to scripture. Mm -hmm. So the catechism is like 2,000 years' worth of sermons from some of the smartest and holiest people who have ever lived. That's what the catechism is. It helps you to open up scripture and, and explain scripture. And so, yes. Read the catechism, make sure you got your Bible with you, and read the Bible, make sure you got your catechism with you. Well, I really hope that that helps because there are some people out there that are trying to decide which way they want to go, and I know a lot of them would like to come to the faith, but they need to learn more about it. And I'm really right. I'm hoping that they're listening to this and they heard what you said because I think that would actually help them. And um I just want to, real quick, I want to ask you a fun question. What's your favorite food to eat in Alabama? My favorite food to eat in Alabama is, um, I'd have to say pecan pie. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, in terms of a dessert, in terms of, uh, a, you know, something that is actually maybe healthy for you, uh, which <laughs> pecan pie definitely is not. Um, my favorite food it's got to be it's got to be fried chicken i, I mean, was going to say it's got to be something fried over there right <laughs> yeah i mean fried chicken you, you if you get if you do fried chicken right oh my gosh there is you can't you cannot shake a stick at it i mean it it's just it is good good stuff and i i got i don't mean the advertiser well i won't mention that there's a supermarket chain down here that they know how to do fried chicken and i'm I'm talking even rivaling if not even better than kentucky fried chicken and we 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 grace their um their deli quite often in the martinoni <laughs> family <laughs> that's great yeah but i'm in florida so you know we have the same thing down here down south yeah good rib places barbecue chicken or fried chicken everything down here and ribs are my favorite yeah i love ribs. yeah well, that's yeah. We've got Dreamland Barbecue up here that uh, you know was Bear Bryant's favorite restaurant, and uh, the the ribs they do. Oh my goodness! You just you, you have not lived until you've been to Dreamland and had their barbecue. Well, I'm definitely gonna have to get to Alabama now because you're making me hungry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I mean, you, you come within a few blocks of Dreamland Barbecue, and you're like, oh, my goodness, what is that heavenly smell? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. But I guess that's it for tonight. I just want to thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you, and I learned so much about you, and I also learned so much about the faith also. And um, it, I just appreciate um, you coming on. and. Don't forget, everyone, to get John's book. And uh, tell us the name of the book again and where to get it again real quick. 
It's a blue-collar answer to Protestantism. You can get it at EWTNRC.com. You just type in blue-collar, and it'll pop up. And, and Lisa Marie, I've, I have so enjoyed this, and I appreciate the invite to be on your show. And tell your husband next time he asks a question to go a little easier on me, okay? <laughs> I will. And don't forget, <laughs> send me your address because I'm going to send you some will CDs, do. okay? Yep, have a blessed I'll do that night, John. Thank you. You too. God bless. Bye-bye. Okay. I'm still on here. I just want to tell everyone, um, I want to thank John for being on. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, I have a Christmas online show coming up on Facebook. It's um, December 16th at 6 p.m. It's going to be on facebook.com slash Lisa Songs of Worship. That is my music page. And I am going to do all kinds of traditional and contemporary uh, Christmas music to, of course, about Jesus, the birth of Jesus. That's what I will be singing about. So I hope you guys could join me for that. And I just want to end with my prayer. Lord, thank you for the gift of music, a universal language that transcends barriers. Help us to use it to glorify your name, to find solace during times of distress, and to celebrate your goodness in time of joy. May our hearts always be instruments playing the melody of your love and faithfulness. Amen. It's been a great show. Uh, please join me next time, next month, January. I got another good guest coming on next month. And I really hope you enjoyed this. Everybody have a blessed weekend and have a blessed Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is Lisa Marie Nicole. <laughs>